Well, we're in this series we're calling Love With No Strings Attached, and today we're going to look at the secret to unlocking all of God's blessings and favor in your life. And it's all about loving Jesus with no strings attached. Because Jesus said over and over again in scripture, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. If you love me, you will obey my word. If you love me, you'll obey me. And it's that loving obedience that unlocks all of God's blessing and favor in your life. The problem is many Christ followers attach strings to their love for God. Sometimes we attach the string of our feelings to our love for God. That is, we only love and obey God when we feel like it. A lot of Christians live their life based on their feelings, as if love is really just a feeling. And love's not a feeling. Love is an action. It's a choice. It's a commitment that can produce powerful feelings, but it's not a feeling. Now, this may surprise you, but there's so many decisions I make in my life that I don't pray about. For you see, if it's in God's word, I don't have to pray about it, I just need to obey because I love him. And for example, I don't have to pray, God, do you want me to forgive this person who hurt me or not? No, the Bible commands me to forgive, whether I feel like it or not, and I never feel like forgiving, so I don't wait until I feel like it to forgive someone who hurt me. I say, God, I don't like it, I don't feel like it, but I choose to obey you, and I choose to forgive this person because I know you command me to forgive and because I know that I need to forgive for my own sake because bitterness will destroy me. And as soon as I choose to forgive, then God frees me from bitterness and I'm filled with an unexplainable peace. And God brings me to that place of blessing and favor in my life. I don't have to pray about whether I have my quiet time or not. God commands me to connect with him. A lot of Christ followers just have their quiet time when they feel like it, and so they don't spend much time with God because they rarely feel like it. If you just wait until you feel like it to spend time with God, you're not gonna spend much time with God. But when you obey him and spend time with him, 10, 15 minutes in the morning, reading his word, the feelings come along. I mean, you don't have to pray about whether or not you come to church on the weekend. God, should I come to church this weekend, yes or no? God commands us to not forsake the gathering of other believers. And so we know we're to come to church to worship because that's where we get recalibrated in life. We get some redirection in life and our souls get nourished because you're so much more than a body. You're a soul and your soul needs to be nourished or you feel empty. And so God commands us to do that. But a lot of Christ followers wake up on Sunday morning and say, do I feel like coming to church or not? You know, it's kind of rainy outside, I don't know. You know, or it's great weather outside, I'm gonna go to the lake today. You know, do I feel like it or not? It's when you obey God, you come to worship whether you feel it or not. When you don't feel it is when God speaks to you the most. Out of loving obedience, you obey. A lot of Christ followers only give when they feel motivated to give when they feel a burden, when they feel good about it, when they have a motivation, and so they rarely give. For you see, all these strings of feelings keep us just outside of God's blessing and favor in our life. Then there's the string of circumstances we tie to our love for God. It's like, God, I know you command me to serve you and to serve in, in ministries, but I have to say that... Um, 
circumstances aren't right right now. I mean, I've got a lot of problems in my life, so I really can't focus on anyone else. I've got to get these things straight, and then I can focus on someone else. Or, or God, I, I know that you, you call me to give, but I'm in a financial jam right now, and once I get out of that, then I'll, I'll, I'll obey what your word says. That the circumstances aren't right. God, I know I'm supposed to join a local church family that's part of your will for my life. It's in your word that I'm supposed to be part of a church family, but, but it's really busy right now. When things settle down, we're going to join the church. And circumstances are never right. So they rarely obey what God's word says. And then there's the string of understandings. Some Christ followers tie this string of understanding to their love for God, and they go, God, I know this is clearly in your word, but I don't get it. I don't understand this completely. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me to forgive this person who hurt me. It feels like I'm letting them off the hook. I mean, they hurt me deeply. This makes no sense to me. It feels like they're getting off scot-free, and so I don't really get it. No, you forgive whether you understand it or not, whether you feel it or not. Then God floods you with his peace, and you feel God's blessing and favor in your life. We tie all these strings to our love for God, and we only obey him when we feel like it, when we see it, when we understand it, and we miss out on God's blessings and this place of favor where he wants us to live. So what's the secret? Well, it's found in a little book in the Old Testament written by the prophet Habakkuk. And Habakkuk lived in this day when the people of Israel had experienced all kinds of turmoil. Um, they'd been defeated by their enemies over and over, and, and many had been taken into exile, and God had promised Habakkuk and the people of God that he was going to bring them back to their homeland, that he was going to bless them. He was going to do all these amazing things, but they didn't see any of it. So would you open your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 3, and would you stand in honor of God's word? I want to welcome all you guys worshiping with us at our satellite campuses and Everyone worshiping with us through our online and broadcast ministry around the world, we're one church built on the word of God. And so I know that God wants to speak to you, directly to you today. By the end of this message, you're gonna be wondering, Carrie, have you been reading my emails? How did you know what was going on in my life? And I can tell you right now, I haven't. I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And he has a word for you today from his word, from this obscure minor prophet, Habakkuk. So follow along with me. Even if the fig tree does not bloom and the vines have no grapes, even if the olive tree fails to produce and the fields yield no food, even if the sheep pen is empty and the stalls have no cattle, even then I will be happy with the Lord. I will truly find joy in God who saves me. The Lord Almighty is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer. He makes me walk on the mountains for the choir director on stringed instruments. You see, this was not just a writing, it was also a song to be sung. I guess the title would be Even If. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray today that you would just open our minds and hearts to really understand how to unlock all your blessings and favor upon our life, because that's what we want. Every Christ follower wants to live in that place of blessings and, and favor, and not just out in the cold, just outside the door of your blessings for our lives. And Lord, I know this is the secret to it. And, and I just pray that you would just help us see it, Lord Jesus, but most importantly, just do it. And Lord, I pray for those who are going through valleys right now, those who 
are going through pain and difficulty, that you would just show them today that you're gonna take them from the valley to the mountaintop, just like you did with Habakkuk. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, and I want you to underline the words, even if they appear three times in this passage or this song, because Habakkuk is saying, God, I know that you're gonna come through, but right now I don't see it. God, I know you're gonna come through, but right now I don't feel it. But he says, even if I don't feel it, even if I don't see it, even if I don't understand all that you're doing right now, I'm still gonna obey you because I love you. And when he did that, he moved to this place of God's blessing and favor in his life. You know, the word blessing in the Hebrew literally means, oh, how very happy. Now, when we think of blessings, usually we think of financial blessings, and it can include financial blessings, but it's so much more than that. The word blessings in Scripture is so much more than financial blessings. It's talking about the things that money can't buy. True joy, no matter what your circumstances are. Not based on what's happening on the outside, but based on what's going on on the inside. Unexplainable joy. Genuine happiness and peace and fulfillment that nothing else can bring, that no circumstance can steal away. So Habakkuk had moved to that place and he'd experienced this amazing miracle in his life that had nothing to do with circumstances. And you'll never enter the place of God's blessing and favor and genuine happiness in your life until you come to the place of even if. Have you come to the place of even if? Loving God by obeying his word, even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't understand it completely, even if you don't see what God is doing right now. Learning to obey him in love, even if. But most of us live in this place of only when. Only when I really feel like it do I obey God. Only when I really see what God is doing do I obey him. Only when I really understand it, then I obey him. It's only when. And we've got to choose to move from this place of only when to even if, or we'll never experience genuine happiness, true fulfillment. Because we think if everything was perfect in my circumstances, I'd be happy. And that's not true. First, it's never perfect in your circumstances. There's always problems because we live in a broken world. We're not in heaven yet, the perfect place. But also because if everything was perfect in your life, you would still have this gnawing discontent, this disequilibrium of the soul until you discover the power of even if. And so I want to just get real practical today to share with you four things that we find from this song in Scripture of how to live in this place of even if so you can experience God's blessing and favor on your life. First, serve even if I don't feel it. Serve even if I don't feel it. In Habakkuk 3.17, he said, even if the fig tree does not bloom. Now, trees bloom in the spring. And Habakkuk was saying, right now it feels like winter will never end in my life. It feels like the sun will never warm my emotions again. But he says, I'm not going to wait until the winter is over in my life to serve God and to serve others. Don't wait until the winter is over in your life to serve. Some of you are going through the winter of depression because of a chemical imbalance and, and you can't help it and, and 
you know, the, the doctors are doing what they can and you're doing what you can, but it just seems like you can't get through this cloud of depression. This winter seems like it's never going to end. And I would say this to you. Don't wait until the winter is over to obey God by serving him and serving others. And some of you are going through a winter of problems. It just seems like the enemy keeps attacking you. One thing after the other. And you've been tempted to wait until the winter of problems is over. This blizzard of pain is over before you begin to serve God again. Don't wait until the winter is over to choose to serve. I say that because so many times I've talked to Christians who say, well, well, Carrie, I'm really gonna get involved in the church and really serve because I know God commands me to really serve and, and to serve others and to be like Jesus and serving, but right now I've got so many problems of my own. I'm just being buried in an avalanche of problems and, and, and I've gotta work on that first. I can't focus on anyone else until I get all this stuff straightened out, but when I do, I'm gonna really serve. It's just human nature to say, I can't serve someone else. I can't meet someone else's needs because I've got so many needs right now of my own. But God says, the answer is, get your eyes off yourself onto him and onto others and start serving in the middle of the winter. In the middle of the pain, in the middle of the problem, you start focusing on others and you'll find freedom. Jesus put it this way. In John 12, 26, if any one of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Underline that last sentence. The Father will reward anyone. He'll honor reward anyone who serves me. You see, if you serve, whether you feel like it or not, you'll find God's true blessings in your life. Chris and I first learned this when we were in college and we volunteered on Thursdays to work in a after school ministry at a local church where inner city kids would come after school and, and they would be mentored and we would have sports activities and, and different things for them to do and tutoring and, and every Thursday afternoon, I would always feel like I can't go today. I've got you know, two or three tests tomorrow. I'm way behind in this or that. I'm just swamped. I've got too many problems of my own, too, much, too many stresses, so I'm not gonna be able to go and do that today. But then we would always go, and when we would go, I, I never felt like it, ever. Never felt like going. Always felt like, man, I got so many things I gotta get done here. But we would choose to go, and when we would go, and we'd focus on their pain and their real problems and difficulties and things that we're going through and we get our eyes off ourselves onto God and onto them and then something would change. The feelings would come and then we would leave with our souls just nourished and our burdens lifted and God would just expand our day. We'd get everything done we needed to get done and, and God would just take care of the tests and it was just amazing. We learned that you gotta obey and serve whether you feel like it or not. And God begins to work in your life. And we got this amazing opportunity this Christmas to do that. And underline that phrase, at a moment's notice. If you're gonna be like Jesus, then, then at a moment's notice, you're, you're ready to serve, whether you feel like it or not, because you see that need and you're ready to fill the gap. And we have a huge need this Christmas season. We have 26 Christmas Eve services. There'll be over 40,000 people coming through the doors of our three campuses. What an opportunity that is. And we need every one of you to serve. 
I mean, literally, we need every one of our regular attenders to serve at a service. Come to a service and be blessed, and then serve at a service and be truly blessed. And we need you. And, and no one has time to do it. It's Christmas. It's crazy. But we need you to be like Jesus. And we need you to get your eyes off yourself onto others. And, and I want you to take out from your program that little tear-off. It, it's there in your program. It says Christmas Eve at Woodland Church. It's in your bulletin, and you just need to tear it off right now. And it's the volunteer opportunities. We're having 26 Christmas Eve services at our three campuses to get everyone in. A lot of churches kind of close down on Christmas because so pastors can be with family. But here at Wilden Church, I mean, we plan, we prepare, we work so hard to do all these Christmas Eve services. Why? Because people need Jesus, and they need the true meaning of Christmas. And we have an opportunity. And that's why if you can bring a friend, just get a friend here that doesn't know Jesus, a neighbor, a relative, and they're going to hear the most creative, compelling, clear gospel presentation of what the real meaning of Christmas is, Jesus Christ, and how he wants a love relationship with you. I believe God's gonna change their heart. And that's why we work so hard, and that's why you know, our creative team spends so much in their energy and time and, and work to put this thing together, because Hollywood spends all this time, resources, and energy and creativity to get their message out, and usually the message isn't that great. But most churches spend very little time, effort, energy, creativity, or resources to get the message out. We got the greatest message of all. We're gonna give everything we've got with God's power. And we need you to serve at a service. And the biggest needs, to be honest, I mean, where it's just a huge need is in preschool and children. You know, that's a huge need because we'll have thousands of preschoolers coming through, and so we need you to volunteer. Um, A lot of you need to volunteer in preschool, and you don't need to teach the class. We've got expert teachers, and all you do is do what they tell you to do because they know exactly what to do. And you sign up on here for a service, and uh, we'll give you information about it. You come a little early, and we'll tell you exactly what to do. Sometimes people say, well, I don't really feel called to preschool or children's ministry. Who does? I mean, come on, let's get honest. Oh, I feel so called to that ministry. I feel a call of God upon my heart, you know, for the children, the preschoolers. I don't feel called to take out the trash, but I do it. It's necessary, you know? And I'm not comparing those two. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing those two. And one of them, you're, you're building a life for eternity by loving a kid. I mean, it's amazing, but it, it's, it's not like, wow, just feels so good, you know? And I just really challenge you. That's a need. Serve. And you'll be serving Jesus. And you will not go unrewarded. And then greeters. We need greeters. I mean, with all these people coming in, all these services, you know, we're going to need like twice as many greeters, three times as many greeters as we've ever had. And so we need a lot of people. If you have the gift of breathing, then you're perfect for that job. And, and smiling. And it's so, you don't think it's important, but it's so important because there's so many people coming to church, hadn't been to church in years, and you're being Jesus to them. You're smiling and waving, and you're saying, you're welcome, welcome home, welcome home. Rather than, hey, the, the church is gonna fall in today, the ceiling's gonna collapse because you're here, you know? No, we greet people out of love for Jesus, and, and you're being Jesus to people, and I'm telling you what, 
those greeters out there in the cold and the rain and the humidity in the summer in Houston, just being Jesus to people. That's when you find what life is all about, when you serve others. There are other things here, but we need every one of you to serve at a service, and it's not gonna be convenient. You're not gonna feel like it. There's not gonna be the time this Christmas because you gotta focus on getting everything ready for yourself and, and your family, but I'm telling you, this is where you find it, in serving. Experience the blessing, then serve others so they can experience the blessing, and then you find the true blessing. Look at this next verse. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 11, the more lowly your service to others, the greater you are. To be the greatest, be a servant. Um, there was a business executive visiting our church and he was talking to another business executive who worked out in our parking lot as a greeter, a greeter in the parking lot. And the guy who was a member of the church said, hey, why don't you join me and serve out here in the parking lot? And he said, well, I have too many gifts and abilities for that, but I'll, I could serve in a leadership position. And I thought, you don't have enough humility to serve here. You know, because Jesus said, the more lowly your service to others, the greater you really are. To be the greatest, be a servant. But then the second thing is give even if I don't have it. Give even if I don't have it. Habakkuk said, even if the olive tree fails to produce and the fields yield no food, even if... I'm still gonna obey you, Lord. He's saying, even if I don't see the production, even if I don't have it, I'm gonna give anyway in advance, knowing that you're gonna give back. See, a lot of Christians give only when they have it. And they, they wait to the end of the month to give, and they don't have anything. They just give the leftovers at the end of the month and they don't really ever have any leftovers at the end of the month, so they rarely give. And a lot of Christ followers only give when they feel like giving, when they're really motivated to give and they have these great feelings and then they give, but they rarely feel like it, so they rarely give because they don't see that giving and obeying God's command to give is an act of obedience that produces powerful feelings and God's blessing and favor in your life. And you give as an act of obedience out of habit, whether you feel like it or not. Do you pay your mortgage only when you feel like it? No, it's because it's important. Giving's a trust issue. Jesus said, give and I'll give back to you even more. In Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, for if you give, you will get. Your gift will return to you in full and overflowing measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use to give, large or small, will be used to measure what is given back to you. Jesus said, basically, you get to choose how much God blesses you. You know, it, it, the way you give, the measure you use is gonna be measured back to you and even more. It's a trust issue. Do I trust Jesus and his word that he's gonna give back to me more and he's gonna meet my needs? It's an act of obedience. In Malachi 3.10, it says, bring to the storehouse a full tenth of what you earn so there'll be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, all-powerful. I will open the windows of heaven and pour out all the blessings you need. Underline the words full tenth and then underline the phrase all the blessings you need and connect the two because that's the secret. Put God first. Give him the first 10% of all you make, not the last and the leftovers, but the first and the best, the first 10% to say God, you're first place in my life, and I love you through obeying your word 
And then God says, I'll give you all the blessings you need. Sure, that includes financial blessings. He's gonna meet your needs. But it's so much more than that. It's the things that money can't buy. True fulfillment, meaning, happiness. How do you raise kids in our materialistic society? Because let's face it, we live in a very materialistic area, very materialistic society. There's nothing wrong with nice things, but how do you raise kids to know what life's really all about? There's only one way you gotta teach them to give by an example. They've gotta see parents giving, and you've gotta teach them to give and to serve others. You've gotta teach them what's most important. It's all about giving. That's the only way you can break the grip of materialism. Giving. It's the only way you find true happiness. There's more happiness in giving than receiving, Jesus said. Because that's when you really begin to get it. And then you see God work in a really important area of your life, your finances. I mean, really think about it. If you don't trust God with your finances, do you really love God? I mean, if I can't obey in my finances, and that's a really important area, then is God real? Does Jesus truth, is Jesus truthful or is he a liar? And God says, bring that full tithe to the storehouse, my house, and test me. Underline the words test me. He says, you can test me. I want, you to, I want to show you that I care about every detail of your life. I want to show you, but it needs to be an act of obedience, a habit, whether you feel like it or not. It's like once a week or once every two weeks or, or once a month. And really, it's whenever you get paid. You give God the first 10% and not the leftovers. Give God first place so you see him work in your finances. When I was a kid, I, I made a dollar for my allowance. My parents taught me I had to give 10 cents back to God. When I made $100 mowing lawns, I had to give that first $10 back to God. And, and they taught me that early on, and I learned that early on. Then when I got my first job at a fast food restaurant and got my first check, I remember seeing how much the government took out of it, and I was like, God, did you know how much the government's taking these days? This is kind of crazy. I didn't know that, you know? I, I didn't know that, so, you know, do you really want me to tithe? Because that's a lot now. It used to be 10 cents. Now it's a lot more than 10 cents. Do you really need that? Government took a lot. You know, study after study has shown that the more you make, the harder it is to, to tithe. The more you make, the, the wealthier someone gets, the harder it is to tithe. Why is that? Greed. I wish I could, you know, give you an answer that, that sounds a little better, but no, it's just greed. We're greedy. You know, it's like, wow, God, that's a whole lot, you know? God, you blessed me a whole lot this year, and it's like 10% of that? I mean, man, can't you just live with 2%, God? Because that's a lot of money now. And God, God says, it's not the amount, it's your heart that matters. You need it more than I need it. God says, I don't need it, but you need it. You need to learn to release it so it doesn't control you. You need to learn it's not yours in the first place, and I can take it all away in an instant. You need to learn what happiness is really all about. You need to find fulfillment, and you need this. And some people say, well, I don't have hardly anything, so I can't afford to give, and I always say you can afford not to, to get God involved in your finances, to get God, you know, working so you can see God work in this really important area of your life and how God comes through, and then he fills you with his true fulfillment, and then he meets your needs financially. Test God. 
but it's also a test of our love for God. You know, if, you know, if I can't trust God with my finances, then I really can't trust God. Uh, really, you know, I don't love God. If I, Jesus said, wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And so if, you know, I don't give first place to him in my finances, that he doesn't have first place in my heart. What an opportunity we have this Christmas, this December, to really show our love for Jesus Christ and to experience his blessings and favor in our lives. It's our Heart for the House offering. We do this every December. We call it different things, but it's, it's always the same thing. It's our December offering. And because it's next weekend, I, I put the in your program, this little brochure, and I wanna explain it to you and go over it today because I won't have time next weekend, what it's all about. And some of you know what it's all about. You get excited about it every year. Maybe you're new and you don't know what it's all about. I want you to look at this brochure, open it up, and you'll see in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, this is the rock upon which I'll put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Jesus said, the church is the hope of the world. It's my body. It's my bride to heal this hurting world. Then I want you to turn the page and you'll see what God has done through you over the last 25 years. Whether you've been here two months or 25 years, God has changed so many lives through his power, through his body, you, the church. And every one of these numbers represents a person who Jesus died for, who Jesus loves. And you can take time to to look that over. It's just amazing what God has done. And then turn the page and you'll see what is the heart for the house offering. Well, it's three things. First, it's an opportunity for every one of us to show love for Jesus and Woodland Church by giving sacrificially over and above our regular tithes and offerings so the church can continue to fulfill the mission of Christ by sharing the love of Jesus to a hurting world. So this is a special offering. We're to give over and above our regular giving as a special offering for several reasons. First, just to show Jesus your first place. And you're the birthday boy, and the birthday boy at Christmas is the only one that doesn't get a present. But Christmas is so much more than Santa and Frosty and Rudolph. It's Jesus Christ coming to this earth. And so we want to give him our very best. It's a chance just to show how much we love Jesus and his church. And then it's an opportunity to trust God with our finances and to give in faith so that we can experience his promised blessings in a powerful way. It's an opportunity to give, not based on reason, which is you look at what you have and then you decide what you can give. Give based on revelation, based on faith, to say, God, I'm gonna give this because I need your blessings in my life, and you're calling me to give. Give what God tells you to give. Pray about it this week. And then thirdly, it's an opportunity to meet a practical need the church has to reach our ministry and missions budget. The end of the year giving is often 20% or more of our ministry budget. Just like all churches and all nonprofit ministries, we just count on the end of the year giving. This means all of our ministries in 2019 will be impacted by our December giving. I mean, it's really crucial in the church ministries. And so that's a practical reason. But most importantly, it's for our own hearts. And so when is it? It's next weekend. We're gonna come and give over and above our regular giving next weekend. And you don't have to wait till next weekend, but, but that's when the, the main offering is. And then I want you to take out from your program that commitment card and that envelope. Would you look at it with me? This commitment card here, how do I give? Take this home and pray about it this week. If you have 
kids, then get them around. Let them know that you're giving God your best this Christmas and that, the, that Jesus' birthday is what Christmas is all about. And so Chris and I always pray, and when we pray about it, God always nudges us to give more than we at first thought over and above our regular tithes. And, and so he always challenges us to up our giving and our commitment, and it's always a challenge. So um, I, I challenge you. God tells us to up ours every time, and I challenge you, up yours. T- take that as a challenge. So Pastor Kerry said to me, up yours today, you know? <laughs> you won't forget that, right, when you're praying about it. <laughs> I don't know if that's from God, but anyway, uh, just give what God tells you to give. And, and what you do is put the check in here and in the envelope and be ready to give next week. But there are many ways to give. You don't, not just by check, you can give online. You can give through our push pay, our texting, our push pay app. And you can give uh, stocks and assets and, and credit. You can give any way. You know, there's a lot of different ways to give today. But the key is give. And by the way, even if you give online, which is a great way to give, write it down on here and turn this in next week just as an act of faith and obedience, just writing it down, saying, God, this is what I'm doing. And if you've never tithed, that, that should be your start. Start tithing. Use this as a chance to step out in faith and trust God in that so you can receive his blessings and strength in your life. Well, I'm excited about next weekend. We're gonna have a powerful Christmas service to prepare us for our Christmas Eve, and then we're gonna have our Heart for the House offering. But I want you to look at the third thing. Trust, even if I don't understand it. Trust, even if I don't understand it. God had made all these promises to Habakkuk and his people, but they didn't see it at the time. In Habakkuk 3.17, he says, even if the sheep pen is empty and the stalls have no cattle. That's powerful because Habakkuk looked around and he saw these beautiful barns, but they were empty. There should be cows in there. There should be sheep in there. There should be herds in there, but they're not in there anymore. And they're just being, they're useless. Those barns are useless, which means they're senseless. Have you ever looked out in your life and saw things in your life that you could see purpose, but it seemed empty? You see these gifts and talents God's given you, but yet they're just going to waste, and you're wondering, God, when are you going to give me an opportunity to use this? This makes no sense. You've given me this, this barn, but it's empty. When our son and daughter-in-law, Josh and Kelly, came home from the hospital after their son Jude Samuel had gone to be with the Lord. They came home to a house with a beautiful baby room that worked so hard on it and a beautiful baby crib, but no baby. It was like, God, this is useless and senseless. Why? Why? And we all cried out to God, why? But Chris and I learned so much from Josh and Kelly as they kept choosing in the middle of their grief, middle of their pain and brokenness, to trust God even when they didn't understand it, even when it seemed senseless. So what about you? Are you at even if? Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When you can't see God's hand, you can trust his heart. He knows you and he knows what's best. And we don't understand it a lot of times, but you don't have to understand it to trust and obey and experience his joy. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. He's saying, 
maybe you're in the season of waiting right now, but the season of blessing is coming. Maybe you're in a season of winter where you can't see what God is doing, but that season of harvest is on its way. And God is not finished working, so you don't stop waiting. If God's not finished working, then don't stop waiting because your season will come. Right now, you're in the season of planting. You keep obeying, you keep trusting, you keep believing, you keep planting. The farmer knows there's always a waiting period between the time he plants and the time he harvests. And that's where the soil is working. The nutrients are working. And you keep planting, you keep planting because it feels like your season will never come, but I want you to know your season will come. God has not forgotten you. God knows right where you are and harvest is on the way. Don't give up before the harvest, this verse says. You keep planting. Just because it's winter right now doesn't mean spring is not coming. It's on its way. Spring is on its way. And summer in Houston is on its way. I guarantee you, it's coming. And in your life, it's winter right now, but harvest is coming. Harvest is coming. God's gonna bring that harvest. Your season is coming. Right now, it feels like your season will never come, that God's forgotten about you. God knows right where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through, and he's proven it to you right now because you're going, how did Carrie know this? God's speaking to your heart through his word because he knows and loves you. And he wants you to know harvest is on its way. Don't give up. You obey. Even if you don't feel it. Even if you don't see it. Even if you don't understand it. You trust and obey. Even if. And then I want you to look at this last part. Sing even if I don't see it. Sing even if I don't see it. I said this was written as a song. So Habakkuk was singing this. And in verse 18 he says, Even then I'll be happy with the Lord. I will truly find joy in God who saves me. Underline the words, even then, and the words, joy in God, and connect the two. When you go from obeying and trusting God, even if, to even then, when you go from obeying and trusting God only when, to even if, and then to even then, that's when God fills you with his true blessings. That's when you find joy, even in the valley God brings you joy. When you move from only when to even then, that's when you receive the blessings of God. Habakkuk 3.19 says, The Lord Almighty is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer. He makes me walk on mountains for the choir director on stringed instruments. Underline the phrase, The Lord Almighty is my strength. Habakkuk saying, I'm in the valley right now, but in the valley I have found the greatest treasure of all. God is my strength and my joy and has nothing to do with circumstances. But I have this peace and this joy and this strength and God's seeing me through. And it has nothing to do with what's happening outside of me. It's what's happening inside of me right now. The only place you'll ever find real joy is in the valley. But then I want you to underline the phrase, he makes me walk on mountains. You discover joy in the valley, and you take it with you as he takes you to the mountaintop. Habakkuk is saying, I'm in the valley right now, but God's bringing me to the mountaintop. And you're in the valley right now, but God is gonna bring you to the mountaintop. But first, he wants you to learn the greatest blessing is not the presence that he gives you on the mountaintop, but it's his presence with you in the valley. When Chris and I 
traveled when our kids were little, we would always bring them back little trinkets and toys and, and we would always come in the door and they would run, hug us and be so glad we were home and they'd go, what'd you get us? And it was fun to get out these little trinkets and toys that they played with for an hour and broke and forgot. But they were most excited, not about the presents we brought them, but about our presence that we were back home. Mommy and Daddy are home. And you see, we love the presence and the blessings that God gives us, how he blesses us with his miracles and how he blesses us by meeting our needs and how he comes through over and over on the mountaintop. But it's his presence in the valley where we find real joy. And that's where we discover, you know what? It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't have anything to do with circumstances. It's everything to do with Jesus in me. And so no circumstance can steal my joy. No problem can take away my purpose. Yeah, there's no struggle that can steal my strength because of Jesus Christ who is in me. And it's amazing when you discover that. But God's gonna take you to the mountaintop. You can rest assured of that. He's gonna bring you from that valley and he's gonna bring you to the mountaintop so you can shout his praises. You're in the valley right now, but he's gonna take you and he's gonna carry you to the top of the mountain. You can count on it. He will not let you down. I want us right now to take this song and I want us to sing because it's for the choir director on stringed instruments and, and, and there's something about when you sing to God when you don't see it that God breaks through. There are so many times in scripture you know, where God's people sang and the miracle happened. Paul and Silas were in jail and they were singing praises with chains on and then God brought the earthquake, set them free. So many times when people sing and praise whether they see it or not, feel it or not, understand it or not, God works a miracle. There were so many times in the Old Testament where they would send the praise team first into battle. As they would go into battle, they'd send the singers and the band first. Why? Because they're expendable. Nobody cares. So they would send them into No, I'm just kidding about that. Band, we love you guys. No, because they were the most important because it was praising God that would bring the victory, whether they saw it or not. So let's stand right now as an act of declaration. Whether you see it, whether you feel it, whether you understand it, you're gonna sing, because he says, I want you to sing to me. And we're gonna sing one of our original songs here at Woodland Church, because our biggest problem is we forget how big and great God is, and we forget how much he cares. So we need to remember not to forget. We need to remember that the God who made the mountains, the God who made the universe, is powerful enough to meet your need, whatever it is, and he cares about you so deeply. Let's remember, but sing it whether you feel it or not. Sing it whether you understand it or not. Sing it no matter what. And let's put God first and obey him. And as you sing, God's gonna work miracles. Greatest miracle of all is that peace and joy that he fills us with. Let's sing and never forget that God loves you so much. Let's bow together. You are a perfect father, dear Lord God. So many times, though, Lord, we can't see it. We don't understand it. And I'm so glad that you understand it all. And you know us so well and you care about us so deeply. And so, Lord, we come to you right now and we just commit to move to the place of even if. Even if, Lord, we don't feel it. Even if we don't see it. Even if we don't understand it, Lord, 
we know that you're a good God and we trust you and we take steps of faith to obey you. Help every one of us, Lord, take that next step, whatever it is, of obedience to follow you and live in your place of blessing and favor. And Lord, I pray for everyone who's in a season of waiting right now that you would just remind them their season is coming. I pray for those who have felt like that their season will never come, have felt like that you've forgotten them, Lord. Remind them of how much you love them. And remind them, Lord, that their season of harvest is just around the corner. And I pray that you would grab us, Lord Jesus, not just by the hand, but just grab us and pick us up and hold us and carry us to the top of the mountain for your glory. I pray for those who feel like they can't take another step, that you would just take hold of them and you would carry them, Lord, and let them know that it's your almighty strength and your joy, no matter what, that's gonna see them through. And Lord, I pray that those here who have never received you in the silence of this moment would pray this prayer silently to you. Dear Jesus Christ, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I need you desperately. I accept your free gift of salvation in heaven one day. And now, Lord, help me take steps of faith to obey you, even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't see it or understand it. Help me, Lord, move from only when to even then I will follow you knowing that you're gonna come through for me. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.